0: i was recently hanging out on instagram doing a q a with my followers and i received a really interesting question that i thought would be worthy of a full youtube video the subject of today's video comes to you from a retroactive jealousy sufferer who recently got out of a relationship in which they were experiencing pretty extreme retroactive jealousy. And it's possible they didn't entirely get a handle on it while they were with their partner. In today's video, I'm gonna answer the question, what can you do when you're single to prevent a retroactive jealousy relapse in your next relationship? My name is Zachary Stockhill from retroactivejealousy.com and since 2013, I've been helping men and women from all over the world, every single corner of this beautiful planet of ours, have better, healthier, happier relationships and overcome retroactive jealousy. If you'd like to work with me one-on-one, or you'd like more information about my work, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com Okay, if it's your first time on my channel, you might be wondering what on earth is retroactive jealousy? It's kind of a strange term that uh, a lot of people haven't heard of before. Just in case you aren't familiar with the term already, retroactive jealousy refers to unwanted intrusive thoughts, often obsessive curiosity, and what I call mental movies about your partner's past relationships and or sexual history. And when you're struggling with retroactive jealousy in a relationship, it can be tempting to think that the problem is your partner. In other words, once you break up with this one person, you know you'll be scot-free in your next relationship, you won't have any retroactive jealousy at all. And of course, sometimes that happens. Sometimes someone's past is pretty extreme. Sometimes someone's past is a pretty big red flag uh, in, in essence. and sometimes if you break up with that person, that will more or less cure the retroactive jealousy. However, in my experience, doing this work for over 10 years, hearing from so many thousands of retroactive jealousy sufferers from around the world, in my experience, that is more of the exception rather than the rule. In other words, this nasty little issue of retroactive jealousy has a bad habit of following people into consecutive relationships. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to receive emails where someone's writing to me, maybe they're in their 50s or 60s or something like that, And they'll tell me that they've struggled with some form of retroactive jealousy in literally every intimate relationship they've ever had. Every time they've been married, every time they've had a boyfriend or girlfriend, they've been struggling with retroactive jealousy. All of this is to say that if you're struggling with retroactive jealousy, don't necessarily assume that the problem is just your partner. And that if you break up with that person, you know, you'll be scot-free and you won't ever have to deal with retroactive jealousy again. Again, sometimes that happens, but unfortunately more often than not, it'll follow you into your next relationship until you start taking the necessary steps to put retroactive jealousy behind you for good. On that note, the subject of today's video, as I mentioned at the top, I was doing a Q&A on Instagram and someone asked me, how do I prevent a retroactive jealousy relapse in my next relationship? So to be clear, this person is currently single and they're wondering what the steps that they can take while they're single to get a handle on retroactive jealousy and give themselves the best chance to not be struggling with retroactive jealousy the next time they have a relationship. The first thing I'll suggest is now is a time for building new habits. This is such a valuable opportunity for you, this time to be single, to be working on yourself, to be taking ownership of the things that you feel like you need to take ownership of, to set new goals for yourself, and especially around different ways of thinking and different mental habits now is the time to start establishing better mental habits such as better self-talk maybe mindfulness practices you can look up all the redirecting exercises and all the mindfulness practices i put out in my online courses and my audio series and my book the point is get very clear about the changes that you identify that you need to make before you enter your next relationship when it comes to your thinking because maybe you've been telling yourself bad stories Or counterproductive stories about your partner's past. Or maybe you've been telling yourself counterproductive stories about you and your past and your goals. Maybe you're stuck in a loop of obsessive thinking and rumination and all the rest. And unfortunately, it's very likely this will follow you into your next relationship unless you start building new and better mental habits right now. So I like this idea of really focusing on building habits because habits is one of the things that... The more you invest in building new habits, defining exactly what you want to work on, defining ways you want to change, and incorporating better habits in your daily life, it's a great project. And there's a high ROI on this project, so to speak. The more you invest in building new habits, the more this will pay off down the line. So learn what you need to learn right now about building better and new mental habits. And again, this can be related to overcoming things like intrusive thoughts, overcoming the mental movies, overcoming obsessive curiosity. You can look into my work. You can look into the work on OCD. All this is to say that all of my work on Retroactive Jealousy, pretty much all of the videos in this channel, all of my online courses, all my books, all my audio series, all the material I put out, you can go through 99% of that stuff even if you're single. So I'd recommend looking into that. I'd also recommend looking into the material offered by others as well when it comes to building new and better mental habits. My second tip is to spend some significant time thinking about and defining your own personal relationship goals, boundaries, and values. This is so incredibly valuable. Get clear on exactly what you want in a partner, in a relationship. Exactly what you want it to look and sound and feel like. Exactly what you're looking for in a partner, specifically, as specific as you can. Because the more specific you get about this stuff, the more likely it is you're gonna bring this person into your life. I'm not gonna get all hippy-dippy on you and tell you, oh, you just need to visualize it and it'll manifest itself. Absolutely not. But if you go looking for something very specifically, whether it's good or bad, chances are very good you're going to find it. And aside from getting very clear on the exact type of relationship you want, the type of partner you want, think hard about your personal boundaries, deal breakers, your standards for relationship, the kind of behavior you're not going to put up with. Perhaps someone's past would indicate to you that it's a glaring red flag. In other words, serious warning signs that you may encounter when you're out there in the dating world, that someone you're dating maybe is not the best fit for you for a long-term relationship. Because if you get clear about your relationship boundaries and values while you're single, the odds go way down that you're gonna enter a bad relationship or you're gonna attract the wrong person into your life. Because you have that clarity when you're out there dating, when you're out there meeting people, when you're out there meeting, shall we say, candidates for a long-term relationship. So The more clear you can be about your relationship boundaries, values, and standards, the better chance you'll have that you won't have any serious moral conflicts or values clashes with your partner in the future. Because when you're dating and when you're clear about this stuff, all of a sudden it becomes very easy and very simple and not complicated to cut people out, to stop seeing someone when they demonstrate serious red flags to listen to your intuition, to listen to your gut when you meet someone and maybe they talk about their past, for example, and you feel like, you know what, something's a little off here, something's a little fishy. Of course, I'm not suggesting go out and be paranoid and be you know taking notes on everyone you meet, but you get my point. A lot of people enter their dating lives without really knowing exactly what they're looking for, what they're valuing, what they're not gonna value, their personal standards, their personal deal breakers. A lot of people enter their dating lives without thinking about this stuff, and there's a cost associated with that somewhere down the line. So spend some serious time thinking about and specifically defining your relationship standards, your boundaries, and your values. Finally, my favorite piece of advice probably in this whole video, something that I tell people who are single, who come to me for advice all the time, is build an absolutely incredible single life for yourself before you even think about entering a new relationship. In my experience, the best and longest lasting relationships that I've seen involve two people that had really fulfilling and full single lives for themselves before they met, before they came together. Because when you have two whole people who are happy on their own, but happier together, it just makes everything so much better. You're not going to find someone with a savior complex. You're not going to find someone who's looking for someone to to save them. You're going to attract less needy, less dependent, less, frankly, messed up partners. If you go out there from the perspective of my life is really full and, and enjoyable and rewarding, and I'm really, really happy on my own, but maybe it would be nice to share it with someone. You're going to find better people if you enter your dating life with that attitude. So before you even think about entering a new serious relationship with anyone, I would strongly encourage you to build an absolutely incredible single life for yourself. And by the way, when you're meeting people as well, people can tell, you know, when when you're dating someone, or I'll, I'll speak personally, when I've been single and dating, I can tell whether or not someone's, you know, needs to be in a relationship and is going to suck all kinds of time and energy and you know, for me that maybe I don't want to give, or someone, I'm, you know, when I'm meeting someone, and maybe it seems like they want me to save them and rescue them and all the rest. I'm not interested in that whatsoever. It's very unattractive. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. When you're out there dating, you can tell when you meet someone, when they're genuinely happy on their own. They don't need someone to feel whole or to feel fulfilled. It's very attractive. It's very uh, enticing. And that's who you want to be with ultimately. And that's also who I think you want to be when you're out there in the dating market. There you go. If you follow those three steps, you're going to drastically, drastically reduce the odds of ever struggling with retroactive jealousy in any future relationship. So happy dating. I wish you the best. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.